Hello and welcome. It is the program that keeps you up to date with your Houston Texans and plenty going on in Texans land, folks. It's Texans All Access here from NRG Stadium, right across the hallway from the locker room in the Hyundai Texans radio studio. Mark Vandermeer with you tonight, joined by John Harris as we've got plenty of Texans football to discuss. Stuff is happening at OTAs. Work in progress, and before you know it, the season will be here, Johnny. This time of year, you can really feel it starting to bubble. I, this time of year, it's 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 weird. It's this feeling of, and Drew says this all the time when we do film room. He's like, "Can it just be September yet?" Mm-hmm. I, you have that optimism, and I can imagine what it's like at the college level sometimes when you look at your team and you know you're in the SEC, and it's like uh, Alabama's out here and LSU, and you got to go up against that beast. In the NFL, every single year you should feel like you got a shot. Every yeah. year, I, I don't care what year you had the year before. I always think about this. In 1998, the the St. Louis Rams were voted the worst team of the 90s. The worst. Right. The worst. The next year they won a championship. How about that? I mean, it can, it, it, we, we've seen that. Look at last year, the Jaguars. The Jaguars have been stacking some players, and then, boom, the Jenga board fell, and it just went Flip perfectly. Flip the for them. script and go to totally. the AFC championship game, and I'm hoping the Texans can get there this year. It's funny because you mentioned it like that with the college level. Oh, we have to face Alabama, LSU. We're never going to win the SEC. You know, if a lower-level SEC team might say that or think that, even subconsciously. But I remember being at the University of Miami, and every year we'd play Florida State, and it was a monumental game. Yep. And Joe Zagaki, who I did the games with, he covered the Dolphins as well as did the Hurricanes games. He just covered the Dolphins for a local TV station. I said, well, what what is the NFL like? You know, what what is that like? Because I I had never covered the NFL at that time. I yeah, was right. covering a team that would eventually send most of its members to the NFL. Oh yeah, but he said, it's like playing Florida State every week. Yeah. You know, you have those guys on the line of scrimmage every week across the line of scrimmage. You are dealing with unbelievable athletes, no matter who you're playing, and that is what makes this league a joy. So. It's interesting. You do have a shot every year, yet you're playing the top-level competition. Yep. But everybody has that competition. Yep. The league is designed that way to be even, if you will. And I was thinking about that today. When we were coming in from the field, I thought, here we are with 90 guys out there or whatever, you know, sweating it out in the sun, and every team is doing that right now. Yep. Every team is out there for OTAs, and this is one of those things you're thinking, who's getting better? Are the Titans getting better today? Are the Jags getting better today? How are the Colts looking? Is Andrew Luck actually throwing a football? <laughs> Uh, things Nerf like ball. that cross your mind. Well, it's funny. I, I on social media, I just I, I'm looking. I can't get I can't get enough. Mm-hmm. Whether it's videos of players going on the field, whether it's you know update. Hey, Derrick Henry says the Titans' offense is going to be way different. Like, I'm I'm locked into some of those. Yeah. Stuff. Like okay, well, what's going on in Tennessee? And obviously, we know Mike Vrabel taking over as head coach. But this is that time where. Everything the 2018 car is really shiny and new. It's yep. still got the new car smell. Yep. But at some point, you start eating in it. You lose the smell. You start going through <laughs> some rough terrain. Maybe you pop a tire. Last year, we popped all four of them. You got a kid in the back. Yeah, and he's spilling the the goldfish. Yes, the goldfish are everywhere. The Cheerios are all over the place, and then the juice box. Oh no! Oh, oh. man! Or then it's milk in a sippy cup. And oh, that's the worst. That was last year for us. That was milk, milk in a, a sippy cup <laughs> stuck in the car. No, last year was kid projectile vomiting in the back seat, I, which yes. we've all had and did not get, kids and did not get cleaned up. That sat in, that sat in, a, in the <laughs> August sun. I, I had a, a coaching buddy of mine one time that took. Some coleslaw, and he stuck it in my 
my desk drawer. No, he, he left didn't. it there. Yes, that was the most foul smell I've ever. That was last year. <laughs> that was last year. That's exactly what last year was. I'd like for this year to have that new car smell for as long as possible. The mm-hmm. tires are all pumped up and ready to go at at a moment's notice, and we can handle any terrain that's thrown our way. Because last year it was a lot of terrain, a lot of that. a lot of blowouts last year. Oh my, <laughs> yeah, my gosh, very yes. much so. I didn't, I didn't think it was going to go there, but but I all day I've been looking at what what are all these NFL teams saying? Because in the NFL, like you said, yes, the competition every single week and it is always there, mm-hmm. and yet every team feels like we're that much closer. We're, right, we're that much closer. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago when 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 Brock. Got here. Everybody's like, well, we got our quarterback now. Yo, okay, here we go. And then, of course, you get to the season and, yeah. you know, the warts are exposed and away you go. And so at some point during the season, reality hits and you find out what kind of what kind of team you're going to end up having. And, of course, after Deshaun went down, we knew what kind of season was going was gonna to transpire after another clo- couple of close losses. But every team in the NFL feels like, Okay, we got a shot. And they can talk themselves into it. Mm-hmm. Even the Browns fans can talk themselves into it even after years of just dreadful play. They can look at it and say, look how much we've changed our team. Ty they Rod can talk Taylor's themselves coming. into 6 and 10 maybe. They can talk themselves into it, though. You know? Yeah, I know. Not all the it, way to a championship, but they could, they could talk themselves into 6 and 10. Heck, yeah. I forget what they were the year before they started 6 and 3 in 2014, and yep. then the Texans beat them, and then they mm-hmm. the, the, you know the wheels came off again for the Browns Gone. as usual, but they were six and three at one point, leading the division. They had that blowout win at Cincinnati. That's probably the stuff of Cleveland lore right mm-hmm. now. At least new Browns history since 1999 when they re-entered the league. All right, a few of my takes from viewing the Texans today. One would be Kiki QT, who looks like he belongs. Now I'm not here to put Kiki QT in the Pro Bowl, especially if Bill O'Brien's driving home listening to this, mm-hmm. Coach. I'm not putting him. In Honolulu, as it was in the past, or Orlando these days, I'm not putting him in there. It doesn't matter what caveat you put on right now. He's he's ready he's, to drive back here and yeah, walk through this. He's going to rip the headset off. Yeah, but I got to say that for a rookie, he just has this look about him of polish that you don't normally see from most rookies, and he just looks comfortable out there in this offense. He made several nice catches today, and I'm looking forward to seeing more from Kiki QT. You bring up a great point, Mark, and that is. Now, there are players along along the way that can learn what to do and how to do it, but it's the ones that walk out there the first day and just do it, mm-hmm. the very first day, Yeah, and you just go, okay, yeah. You can tell those guys, yep. even amongst all the talent that this organization does have, you watch a guy like that walk out there and do his thing, and you go, okay, he gets it. That yeah. guy, that guy can play. He looks professional, which yeah. I know he's supposed to be. It's a silly thing to say in some ways, but it's not in the way of, again, the word polish comes to mind. And it's not polish as in he's all polished up, finished product. Right, right. But he looks like he's off to a good start, and it's very early, and you just want to see him build on that. And that's that's something that we I, – I talk about this a lot when I talk with people about this Texans offense. And I just talk about offensive football in general. I, I mean, it's for defense too, but I think just offensive football – I kind of think about it like an onion, that the more layers I have to it, that the more layers that I can pull back from mm-hmm. and go to like, oh, oh, man, I didn't even know it had this kind of layer here. Right. But you can keep pulling back and pulling back, and there are just different layers along the way that you're going to be that much better of an offense. And I think in in 15 and 16, you just didn't – you weren't able to peel back too much. Mm-hmm. You really were just – you had the tight ends and you had hop and – 
and that was that. And the run game was okay, but that's what you had. You didn't have much more. You relied so heavily on the defense that the offense just had to take care of a few things. You didn't have layers. Now I think about this offense, and I think there's Hopkins, there's Fuller, dynamic guys in the slot. You got a guy right. like Kiki QT's added. You got these young tight ends are added to Ryan Griffin and Steven Anderson. Boy, you got Lamar Miller and Jante. You got so many different layers to this offense, and when you add a player like QT, who is a natural slot receiver. Right. I know the things he did at Texas Tech. I know the route trees are different. I know what they've done there is different than what the Texans are doing and will do. But when you can, can as a rookie, when you can look at it and be as fluid as he is and do it that quickly, he's gonna be. He's just gonna be just fine. But it just adds another layer to the offense, and it just gives Deshaun that many more weapons to pick from because. I think about like a, like an arsenal. If I go to my arsenal, yeah, I want the biggest, baddest bazooka around, the deep right. ball to Will Fuller. I want that all day long. Mm-hmm. I want to take that all day long. But I'll take I'll take the little small things I can get. If I just got to throw it to QT and that's six yards, I'll take it. If I got right. to throw the, the speed out to hop for eight, I'll take it. Yeah, I want to go deep. That's my big weapon. But if I can just take six and eight and five, and then I can take seven, I can hand off Nothing wrong five, with that. Nothing at all. And I'll take that all day long. And I think that's what QT can give to him. And to me, the presence of QT then puts pressure on some guys that have been here for a couple of years to have to step up, and mainly Braxton Miller. I think yeah. Braxton Miller is going to Braxton Miller is going to have to to fight to find reps and find opportunities. I'm I'm going to say it right now. Anybody who's a wide receiver in this organization, other than maybe DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller, has to note it. Well, of course they notice it too. Yeah. And Fuller is thinking, i got to stay healthy because look how productive I was with Watson, seven touchdowns yep. in four games. But he's put everybody on alert, Kiki QT. Yeah. He has. I mean, you draft a guy in the third round, and he's making this kind of noise. Uh, and, again, very, very early, but I love seeing it, and everybody is going to want to see him play. And I can't wait for these preseason games to get rolling. They'll open up against the Chiefs on August 9th. It's a Thursday night, and it'll be live right here and also on ABC 13. Everybody wants to know about Deshaun Watson. Bill O'Brien said earlier that Watson did some seven-on-seven stuff, some individual stuff. I can echo what the coach said. I will echo what Bill O'Brien said. I watched Watson work. Look, he throws the ball beautifully. He's out there doing some stuff. You get the feeling he could probably do a whole lot more, but they're being very careful with him as they bring him along back from the knee injury. He's got a brace on the right knee. Everybody saw it on video. So he's protecting it. That's what he should be doing. It's six months or so, six and a half months after the injury. He's got another three months until you really want to see him get in there full in the preseason and get his timing back. So you have another two and a half, three months to go here, Johnny. No need to rush anything with Deshaun Watson right now. Yeah, it's May 22nd, so June 22nd, July 22nd. Roughly two months before they go to training camp. Right, but I'm okay with him even taking it slow the first couple of weeks of training camp. I'm with you, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I have no no qualms with that. I think to the extent the Texans, and I've said this before, I think if if he does anything in OTAs at all, seven-on-seven and some one-on-ones, that's all I really really care to see. Because team, there's so much happening at the feet of a quarterback and team that you could put a red shirt on him, you could put a, you could put a, a, a force field around him. But he still might get rolled up on or something. Something. I, I mean, think watching. about how he got hurt in the first place, Mark. Yeah, I know. I know. It was, it was after the fact. He threw of. a ball out to the left side towards our sideline, and he's standing there, and Lamar is blocking Frank Clark, who tried to jump up. He flips Clark, and all of a sudden, before you know it, boom, he, lay, he, he lands 
on Deshaun's right knee. Now everybody said, well, it happened in practice. No, it didn't. We, I've said this a million times. Well, Watson himself said, hey, it kind of happened yeah. there. and it just He just didn't know, and then he yeah. got to practice. It was like, okay. And that it, it was he was just standing there. Yeah. He was standing after having thrown the ball, and two or three seconds later, that's when it happened. So from that perspective, I, I don't want to see, don't need to see – the team thing will come along in the in in due time. He's yeah. had reps with the with the majority. I guess you know things are changing in front of him. Obviously, with four or five potentially new starters in the offensive line, as Bill Bryant has pointed out. But he has timing with Hopkins. He's going to find that timing way with Hopkins. too valuable. Fuller, yeah, I'll I'll trade some of that timing in May right. for him being fully and completely healthy September. Well, plus- ninth or whatever it is. He'll get every game. rep leading up to the season. Oh yeah. You know, as opposed to last year when when they announced that Savage would be the starter and you knew it going into New Orleans and all of that. Is that when they announced it? I guess they did. Yeah. And then you had the hurricane and everything, but his reps probably decreased dramatically. He probably still had a bunch of reps, but he wasn't getting all the first team reps because they had to get Savage ready for the opener. Yeah. So now he'll get all those reps and he'll be good to go by then. It's funny you say that though about could he get hurt in eleven on eleven and OTAs with the red jersey on and everything. I was watching Whedon today, and I was thinking, you know, every time Whedon threw a pass in 11-on-11 work, I was thinking, how dangerous is this? And you're right. You know, guys do get close. Whedon wasn't hit, of course. Yeah. But you never know. You would hate, obviously, to see anything bad happen, so don't risk it. Right. And also the the quickness with which you need to move to execute those 11-on-11 plays, even in OTAs, you don't want to see Watson have to move that quickly right right now. And Watson, like you said last week, he's going to roll out and extend plays. He's even going to do that in OTAs because he's hyper-competitive and he wants to win. He wants to beat the defense into submission, even on that practice field, so you want to take it easy with him. And that's what he was doing last year, and I felt it was very valuable for the team last year to understand – Especially for the receiving court, everybody. How long you got to protect? If you if you if you blow the block, know that he's keeping the play alive. So go mm-hmm. find another different color jersey. Go block. I mean, those are all kind of things that you have to learn when you have a guy like Watson under under center. But that said, you, I'll, I'll I'll give all that up. I'll mm-hmm. give all that up in OT. And, and really, what are you giving up? I think it's helpful in training camp, right? For for that to be there, mm-hmm. because I do think that is something. That is a major part of how this offense will play. Now, if I think about those plays last year, Deshaun, Deshaun often will move and scramble to throw. But there were times where he obviously scrambled to run. I think the biggest thing is for a receiver, one of those opportunities where he's scrambling to, to, to throw, and i got to find myself open or get open yep. for him. Those are things that the receiving core is going to have to absolutely without question do and when you have a guy that's as quick as qt that's where he can He'll make it all work i'll tell you what seven on seven part. seven on seven today watson gets in there and he's low fiving with everybody you know just <laughs> in the mini seven on seven huddle you just felt this sort of juice the moment he got in the mix yeah. with those offensive weapons it was really fun to watch just that part of it it's one of those sort of intangible things that he has to sort of get everybody going all right next up my biggest take from the offense today, I want to get Johnny's take on my take. How about that? Okay. And Joe Webb, a player who I really like that's part of this team right now, we will talk with him in the next segment here on Texans All Access. Keeping you company, Mark Vandermeer and John Harris here, Texans All Access in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Okay, Johnny, OTAs today is session number two in the not full padded, but uniform, helmets on, 11 on 11 stuff. Yeah. They're able to do that now. This is that phase of the OTA experience for this team. 
One of my big takes here from the offense, and look, we're not going to sit here and share military secrets of the Houston Texans, but one thing <laughs> I noticed right away is that the ball's coming out very quickly. And I almost didn't notice it in, until we started talking about it afterwards. I almost didn't even think of it. In fact, here's what it was. I didn't think of it while I was watching. You know why? Because normally in my head when I'm watching practice and they go back to pass, in my head my clock is going off, throw it, throw it, throw it. I never, sa- I, I never said that once today. Inside my brain, I never said, throw that football. The clock, the pass rush is there. Yeah. It's over three seconds. Whatever the time is, I always have this feeling of that ball's got to be out. It was out every time. He's getting the ball out very quick. And this is Brandon Whedon we're talking yeah, yeah. about. We're not even in 11-on-11 work with Deshaun Watson yet. I'm talking about Whedon and even Stephen Morse. That ball came out quick. I bet that those are the marching orders of Bill O'Brien. We want to get it out faster than ever. I think he always does. But they're really hearing it, and they're abiding by that right now. I remember in 2014, we were playing the Bengals here. Now, during the game, I, I can't hear what's going on on the sidelines because obviously I have you and Andre in my ear. But I went home to watch the game, mm-hmm. and the the parabolic mics on the sideline pick up a lot. So Ryan Mallett was starting that game because that was the game after Cleveland. We played Cleveland on the road, won that game. Mallett came back and started against Cincinnati. And... Mallet took a snap, and you could hear somebody, I'm talking second and a half, two seconds after he got the snap, throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it. And I ran it back, and I was like, what? It was OB. Uh-huh. And that thought of, and look, when you have a guy with a big arm like Mallet, sometimes those guys can drive coaches crazy because they're going to hold it because they know they just need a little bit of a spot yep. and then zip. And so – Mallet ended up getting some pressure. He had to run out of bounds. He had to throw it away. But he had it for maybe two seconds. Ball in hand, 1,001, 1,002. Throw it, throw it. That's been something, and I remember with the Patriots, that was one thing with Brady. The ball was out. He just dealing, just dealing. He wants to get the ball out. Bill O'Brien wants him to get the ball out. And, again, going back to our discussion about not having things happen at your feet, at your legs, that's kind of one of the things. The ball gets out of there hot, and you get it out quickly, those defensive linemen aren't going to continue to rush up field, those five- or seven-step drops. That ball is coming out fast. Know where you're going with it. Let's throw the ball, and let's move. When you throw the ball fast, it's like a pitcher working fast. A pitcher works fast, the fielders field better. Pitcher works fast, everything's working better behind them. Right. Everything ends up, as a unit, being a lot better in that regard. When you, when you sit and hold the ball and hold the ball, it exposes an offensive line. Receivers sometimes aren't able to get to their routes or sometimes – don't uh, they get to about too early? Hey, hey, where's the ball? The ball's not coming out, and they got to adjust. It's just a mess. But the ball's coming out fast, and it's coming out as quickly as you want. Then those receivers know, hey, look, if I get to my spot, I'm getting the football. Right. You get crisper routes, you get better protection because you don't have to hold for that, or you don't have to hold that protection for that long, and everything moves better and at a faster rate. I'm I'm of a mindset that this offense, yes, it will help Deshaun Watson. I think this offense will help Brandon Wheaton. Because that was Brandon's offense at Oklahoma State. Yep. When he was coming out of college, that was his offense. It was catch the ball, fake zone, it was zone stick, it was RPOs. I mean, there were all kinds of things that they were doing at Oklahoma State at the time, but the ball came out quickly. That's a great point, and you're making me even more upset that Brandon Whedon was cut <laughs> prior to last season. Yeah. It's funny because this time last year we were talking about, hey, Savage looks really good in OTAs. Yeah. But I was still – and honestly here, I was still – sort of internally complaining that the ball wasn't coming out quickly enough. Yes. That it was being completed for sure. Right. But here you were in OTAs, 
and it wasn't coming out as fast as I thought it should come out. Right. And who am I? Other than the play-by-play guy and casual observer. seen every throw in this organization's history. I have seen every throw, yes. And now that I'm coaching flag football at a very high level, I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) 12-year-old flag football coach knows what he's talking about. Oh, speaking of flag football, I know we got to get into some other things. Oh, you want to talk about – no, next segment. Next segment? Next segment, you're going to tell me about the new football league. I saw this new football league. People are going to want to hear about this. Oh, absolutely. That's coming up in about 15, 20 minutes. You just have to wait. The ball doesn't come out as fast in that league. (laughs) It doesn't. But just know that it comes out silky smooth. That I know. It is so good. All right, some other things before we get to Joe Webb here. And, boy, we're not even going to get to the defense today maybe. But the offensive line, a lot of different guys in different spots. Some of it due to some injury issues, you know, Nick Martin or whatever. Uh, And, again, I don't want to scare anybody. This guy's still coming back from injuries. But some of it due to the fact that, hey, they want to get a look at different guys in different spots. And do you know your role? And do you know where you're supposed to be? You know, Julian Davenport, I know you had the interview on yesterday Mm -hmm. with him. Left tackle, getting some time there. But they're able to move him around a little bit. And when I say able, I mean they want to be able to get a look at him in various spots. They want to get a look at Chantrell Henderson in various spots. They made no secret about that. They love versatility up yes. front. And they'll find a way to get their best five on the field. Do you get that feeling anyway? Yeah, and that's this is the time to try and figure, the, figure that out. Because if you think about it, this isn't a group that's been together. I mean, even Julio's in his second. If you think about the, the guys here, Dadport's in his second year here. Calamete's. In his first year here, Nick Martin is really in his – he's in his third year, but in his second year as a player, and he's yep. banged up right now. Henderson's in his first year here. Kyle Fuller's in his second year here. David Quisenberry's been here the longest, but he's really only been on the field for a year and some change. Yep. So you're talking about guys that, first of all, are are new to one another, but they're also new to the organization too. Yeah. So they haven't been together. It's not a group that's been – been there for a while, and you feel like you got to make some change. Okay, well, this left guard's been there for five, six years, and now you got to put in a new left guard. And it's not really that; it's them getting used to each other. Mm-hmm. What can they all do? That I think is is I don't say up in the air, but really will be it'll be something we talk about from here until game one against yep. the New England Patriots uh, until week seven against the Jacksonville. Excuse me, Saxonville. Um, oh gosh! Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to have to get ready for that. Should I throw out a Saxonville when the Texans sack Blake Bortles no. this uh-uh. year? Nope, nope, that's theirs. That's that's <laughs> that's theirs. I mean, I hate to I say it, it against it's, them. It's theirs, and I want to see if NFL Films picks it up. But what you, speaking of, mm-hmm. I, the other night I was watching. Uh, I, I love the top 100 player series. By the right. way, they are now through 51. I'm sorry, 51 through 100. Right. The only Texan that's been unveiled is J.J. Watt. So that means if the three players that I think, four players that I think are going to be unveiled. Watson's higher than 50? Watson. Case Keenum at 51. They had three quarterbacks. It was Watson. I'm sorry, not Watson. Uh, Keenum, Rivers, and Carr were at 51 to 60. Wow. So that would put Watson ahead of them. So Watson, Clowney, Hopkins, and I think Tyron Matthews is going to make it. I think those four make it, are in the top 50. If you told me, hang on, pause. I know we're on seven different tangents know, right, right now. If you told me in 2013, oh, Keenum's going to be on the NFL Top 100 show as number 51, I'd say, huh? <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? But he did make it, and that is phenomenal for him. Yeah. But the fact that Watson's going to get higher than 50 ranking status I'm, from six and a half games played is amazing. Mark, the, and I know you, you know this, but we would get 
I would get on social media after a game. Just want to see what everybody's tweeting out there. I love yep. seeing the videos of other teams. Mm-hmm. I love seeing the, the the press conferences of other teams. You would get on social media and you would see other NFL players talking about Deshaun and what he's doing. And they're talking about DeAndre and what he's doing. With Hopkins and Watson, Watt, and Clowney, with those four in particular, you have players that everybody in the league is not only aware of, but is talking about on yeah. a daily basis. And they like them. They yeah. genuinely like Absolutely. them. They like Watson. You know, I tweeted out something that O'Brien said. I paraphrased a, a quote, mm-hmm. and it got retweeted by Albert Breer. It had 50,000-plus impressions by 2 p.m. today. Yeah. So, yes, people are hungry for Watson news. They're Watson fans. All right, before we go any further here, we promised this, so let's get to it. Joe Webb, quarterback, receiver, special teams player extraordinaire. What is he? He does a lot of different things. D.P. Sidhu and I caught up with him to talk about what he does well. Uh, well, one of the first things uh, uh, that was told to me was the more you can do, the better. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I came into the league, drafted as a receiver by Minnesota. Uh, after doing Rick and Men account, they put me at quarterback, and they changed me back over to quarterback. So after three, four years, switched me to receiver, mm-hmm. got to Carolina, played a lot of all four special teams right. while I was a backup quarterback, and played receiver too. So I, it just been out throughout my whole career. How hard is it to maintain backup quarterback knowledge and proficiency while you're working on all the other stuff? Well, that's my natural position, quarterback. Mm-hmm. And uh, everything else just grew on to me. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I did it in the college, too. You know, mm-hmm. when my college quarterback, who is Sam Hunt today, the big country singer, you know, he was my quarterback in college. He was? Now. Yeah. At did you know he was going to be a country singer? I had a pretty good idea, yeah, because he used to bring his guitar in. <laughs> but was he hotel. good? Then? But he must he have been pretty good. It was good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. But uh, I was playing receiver, and he was playing quarterback. So I've, I've been doing it for a minute. So what do you do in your spare time? You seem like you're a guy of many talents. You can pick up different things. You must be a natural athlete. Uh, I guess you could say do that. You play a lot of sports <laughs> and stuff. Like yes, man. Growing up, I had three brothers, so uh, we played basketball, baseball, football. Uh, who, who could run the fastest, you know, bike race, you know, all type of things. So my brothers, they really, my oldest brother, I had three oldest brothers. I'm the youngest. So they really, you know, mm. took me in. And that gets you good fast, too, <laughs> yeah. the older brothers. Joe Webb joining us. All right, so when you go to UAB, you said you were playing some wide receiver while Sam is the quarterback. How did the transition go from you to quarterback? Did they know you were a quarterback when you first got in there? How did that all go? Yes, uh, they gave me a scholarship as a quarterback, but I was, uh, I think I was two years behind Sam. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when Sam graduated, I was becoming a junior. So that's when I could play quarterback my junior and my senior. But they wanted you on the field when you were a freshman, sophomore. Yes, sir. That's correct. It's funny how that does happen to some guys in college, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't usually happen in the NFL. When you're with the Vikings and they say, yeah, we drafted you as a receiver, but we want you to play quarterback, what was that like? How did that go down? Uh, It went down right after minicamp. Back then, we would go back home. Mm -hmm. We would go back home for about two weeks, so they'd give me a call, hey – we like the way you did a quarterback. We're going to give you a shot. We're going to switch your position. So they sent me a playbook. So I had to learn the fronts and the mm-hmm. coverages and all that. All that. So 
Um, and I was kind of happy because quarterback is my natural position, and right. uh, and I get doing no, it come natural to me. You started a playoff game for them at Lambeau Field. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah it was a crazy experience, man. It was very cold, but it was a great experience. <laughs> all right, so what do you want to do here? How do you think you fit in here? How do you think it's all going to happen? No, I'm all for the team. You know, team mm-hmm. first. You know, whatever the coaches need me to do, whether you know. Uh, you know, quarterback role, receiver role, special teams role. So uh, I'm all about just making the guys around me better. When you are in the meeting rooms and you see Deshaun, what's that like, the relationship that you have with him and Brandon Whedon, who's had so much experience? Yeah, it's great. You know, uh, me and those guys, you know, we had great conversations. We get along so well. And I also knew those guys before I came here. You know, I watched Deshaun watching career throughout Clemson and also you last did. year. Yes, and um, Brandon Whedon. You know, I watched him when he got drafted, you know, things like that. So, uh, I, I mean, I follow those guys' career. I always follow quarterbacks' you know, career. How do you like Houston? I love it. I'm back in the South. Yeah, you're from <laughs> Birmingham, so here you are. Close enough, I guess, for now. Oh, yeah. Man, I love it, man. It's hot. You know, it's humid. This is how I like it. You mm-hmm. know, good food, good people. You know, you can't you can't beat it. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you on the practice field. Thanks a lot, Joe. All right, thank you. So, Johnny, with Joe Webb, I think when people ask the question, is he a quarterback or a receiver or does he play special teams, I think the answer is going to be yes. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think he's there, – there's nothing on a football field I don't think Joe Webb can't do. Well, pass, protect, and rush the quarterback. Okay, take those aside. But I think Joe Webb is – he's just one of those guys that he does things as a football player. I remember when Tim Tebow was coming out into the draft in, two, what, 2010 – Mm-hmm. And I remember people would ask me about him. I said, you know, the one thing about Tebow is I don't think he's a great quarterback, but he's a really good football player. And I think uh, Joe has proven he's a better quarterback than Tebow ever was. But Joe's a football player. There's a lot of different things that you can do with Joe Webb. I'm, I, I'm excited to see what they do with Joe if, if when Joe is, is fully healthy. But I think bringing in Stephen Morris, letting him have some reps. I mean, look, the guy had some – some good years at the University of Miami before Brad Kaya did. Man, those are two names that a lot of people talked mm-hmm. about. Didn't, didn't turn out uh, exceptionally well uh, at this point. But, you know, who's who's to say it can't happen? I mean, like it did for Case Keenum. I mean, Case was around, kind of hanging around, yeah. started a little bit here, and then no boom, one took off. No one could have predicted this. But uh, I, I love having a guy like Joe. Th- those are always the guys I love having on my team that could do a million different things. And I loved being one of those guys on the team because, all right, what do you need? I need a personal protector for punt. All right, I've got it. Yep. I need somebody to play in the slot and, I don't know, catch catch this little out route. Right. All right, I got it. Run down special teams on punt return or punt team. Go make a tackle. All right, I got it. Those are the kind of things you, you – that's a player you want and need to have in this league of 46 players on Sunday. All right, next up, a little bit on the defense, but Johnny's football league that he discovered that you're going to want to hear about, plus Patriots. Is there really a problem there? Hmm. And other stuff from the AFC South. What are the star players? Is he different body-wise? We'll talk about that and more on Texans Radio. Texans at OTAs, day two of the 11-on-11 full uniform stuff, sans pads. That would mean without pads. That happened today. John Harris and I in the Hyundai Texans Radio studio with you. Great to have you along for the ride. Uh, Before we talk more NFL football, Johnny, there's a new football league out there. I guess it's new. You discovered it. You showed it to me. I did. I was dying. It is so funny, yet maybe we shouldn't be laughing. What is this thing? So I'm stumbling around on 
my DirecTV, and I'm in the 600 section, so I'm checking out Big Ten Network and SEC Network. Right. And a few channels down below ESPN Classic is 11 Sports, and I had done a couple of football games for 11 Sports. Right. And I know you did a little bit for 11 Sports. The Southland yeah. Conference is connected to 11 mm-hmm. Sports. Mm-hmm. And so I see 11 Sports, it just says football. Right. And I'm, like, All right, well, I'm, I'm a sucker. Right. So I, cl- I I click to that station. I don't know what I'm going to see. I, I'm thinking that eh, this is probably soccer. So I click it, and all of a sudden I see what looks like these arena league, old school arena league, like Zubaz looking uniforms and mm. neon green on one side, and then all black on the other. And then I look, and the guys in the back of their jerseys have like Twitter handles or nicknames. Yeah, I'm like, what am I watching? And it's the Baltimore Vikings, and then the other side. The Spanktown Boys with a Z. I'm oh. like, what is this? What have I stumbled on? I'm like, all right, I got to wait for this. So then I'm listening to the broadcast. One guy, mm-hmm. and he he's he's the best. He is the absolute <laughs> best. He, I mean, he literally the entertainment is like, value is very high. He he, it's almost like when you go to the Rucker. and there's that guy oh, that's calling the Rucker yeah. action. That's kind of yeah. like what he's doing. Mm-hmm. On a broadcast on 11 Sports. That's a great comparison right there. And it's full contact, no pads, seven-on-seven football. Full contact, no pads, and for some reason, it works. We watched a bunch of it. It was awesome. for some reason, nobody got hurt in anything we saw. I'm sure people do get hurt. Yeah, I'm sure they do. But it wasn't like they were banging heads. They they don't have helmets, so they're not going to hit you. They're not going to lead with the head. Right. They're not going to put their head in jeopardy if they can help it. Obviously, there must be some collisions from time to time that are less than favorable. Yeah. But if you think about it, they play rugby like this. Yeah. Who's the dude who was drafted as a left tackle oh, now? Oh, uh, Jordan Mailata. Yeah. He's probably thinking, I get to wear this uniform. Yeah, I get to wear all this gear, this protective oh stuff. Oh, my gosh. But the game, the Baltimore Vikings are the top team in the A7FL. <laughs> A7. They're 6-0. and They've scored 149 <laughs> points and only given up 36. And as I was turning it on, they were up 13 to nothing on the Spanktown boys. And then <laughs> it's so awesome. These they, they're named they're, they're the Baltimore Gators. Okay, the the PA. I'm not sure PA Patterson, Patterson, New Jersey. That's why Patterson oh, Immortals yeah. with a Z. So all the teams must be in that Eastern Seaboard, yes. Maryland, New Jersey, Delaware area. Yeah, unfortunately, the Silk City Animals are 0 and five. What what is happening in Silk City? Fire everybody! <laughs> I, but I mean, we watched it. The best part yeah. was watching and listening, and so we were watching uh, the one I was showing you. the The time in between mm-hmm. plays was cut out, so you didn't really get the true greatness of the announcer. Yeah, it was good though. But they the they don't snap the ball. The ball starts in the hands of the quarterback. So I don't like that. Out, he they puts it out there, the and as soon as he moves the ball, they go. Yeah. But there's motion. Yeah. There's all. It, it was. It was interesting though because a lot really of a lot of people were saying the problem in the NFL with concussions is helmets. Yeah, they're weapons. Take the helmets off, and everyone's thinking you're crazy. Maybe we should go back to leather helmets. I don't know. In flag football, I'm talking about 12 year old flag yeah. football a lot. In flag football, we have to wear these little sort of tiny padded helmets. They kind of look yeah, like yeah, yeah. if you squint your eyes, they look like leather helmets. About- you know, from a distance, the yeah. players when you when you see them in the distance. They do look like those old school leather helmet guys. Yeah. Like and those Newt Rockney, like uh, at seven on seven when they do the Elite Eleven, mm-hmm. those guys, the, the players are now wearing those. Is yeah. just kind of a preventative. It's, it's minimal protection, but it's there. Yeah, so, and knows. it's and like for an Elite Eleven or seven on seven, there's not supposed to be 
contact. Right. But invariably, you look, you have guys fighting for footballs. Oh, you, you do. And the, and the of it. bigger they are, the more you get because you have yep. jump ball situations, Absolutely. guys hitting the ground, whatever things happen. All right, let's get to some other stuff now. I, I like talking about that. You know what I attribute this to? Off season. Yes. We are starving for football yep. action. Please bring it soon. It was fun to watch them on the Houston Methodist Training Center practice fields today. The Texans out there all week. No, not open to the public. The reason why I bring that up is because I get those questions every year. Is it open to the public? I think it's a good question. They open mm-hmm. training camp practices up when they're here. Is this open? No, it is not. But we will cover it for you. HoustonTexans.com. Go check out the videos from today's work. All right, Johnny. The Patriots. Brady not at OTAs, Belichick, I'm only going to talk about the guys who are here, not the guys who are not here. And, you know, Belichick could say anything like, I love you, and it would sound horrible right. if he says it in his press conference monotone delivery. <laughs> so who knows how things are really going. Of course, Brady doesn't have to be there. And the older he gets, probably the more he shouldn't be there, you know, to risk anything. Yeah. Yet... You get the feeling maybe he should be there because he's so competitive. Well, what else do you have to do if you're st- if you're still a professional football player? Well, it's a it's a great point. It's funny because when you when a team wins a championship and you ask him, hey, what what was the key to winning the championship? How often do you hear? Well, look, we were all together for the conditioning program. Yep. We were all there for OTAs. That's where our team bonding starts, and then through training camp, yeah. et cetera. You you always hear about that. Mm-hmm. The flip side of it is, is if you don't have a guy, does that mean well, – I? the one thing it does is it allows Brian Hoyer for them to get a lot of reps in an offense that he knows and knows pretty well, so he gets a lot of reps. I, I, can't, go that, th- I can't go there with you, but, but, no, that's what I'm saying. The, 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 the positive of that is, is really minimal. If you had a Garoppolo, for instance, then I'm with you. Like, okay. Cause, yeah. Because you're developing a younger guy and you want to see him get those reps. Hoyer, it's like, you know, he's been around. He played here in 2009. But you know? that's what I'm saying. For you're the not, Patriots. You're not really – Brian Hoyer's at his ceiling of what he can do and what he right. can't do. You're not going to get – getting him extra reps with Edelman and Gronk, and mm-hmm. if, if Gronk's even there. I think – Not. I, don't, I, I never really want to make a big deal out of something that's supposed to be voluntary or that is voluntary that these players show up to. But it, it it's a thing with everything. Listen, you we can you can poo poo it all you want, but all the Aussie when Amendola signed with the Dolphins, mm-hmm. there were guys on social media saying, "Hey man, go be free, go go." I mean, wow, it just starts to pile up after a while when you look at it and go, maybe maybe they just have had enough of the way things are done, and I can't remember. I just <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I can get it. However. You're going to the Super Bowl every year. How bad is life? You're going to the AFC Championship game of the Super Bowl. You can open up a restaurant under your name, even if you're a role. Matthew Slater can open up Slater's. And if he does that in any other city, doesn't mean anything. In New England, he's a legend. Matthew Slater is a legend in New England, and he's just a special teams guy. But what other teams has Tom Brady played for? What other team? Yeah. Michigan. Any any other NFL team? No. What team has Matthew Slater played for? And Matthew Slater hasn't made. What other team has Gronk played for in the league? Right. My point is, your perspective, their perspective, in is, some oh, sense, is skewed because see. it's only yeah. the Patriots' way of looking at it. Right. If they were to step into the Browns building or mm-hmm. they were to step into, I don't know, the Chiefs building, they would walk in and go, whoa, 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 wait a second. Why are we doing it like that? This No, this is how you do They right. would have mm-hmm. an appreciation for how things are done. And I'm not saying that they don't. 
But when you have that, that's your sole perspective. Right. You hear from all your other team, other teams. You know, you have guys you know from other teams, and they're talking about how they do things, and they've seen a press conference. Um, and you know, Gronk in particular. You know, Gronk just wants to let it all go. But then when he celebrates and you know has an end zone celebration, he ends up getting not fined for it, but he gets a you know. He gets a talking to about right. it. You know, that's not the way we do things here in New England. And look, Gronk could go do the. He could do that somewhere else, and everybody would be like, "Oh, great!" And Gronk's like, "Yeah, I can Gronk spike wherever, and I can talk about whatever." But man, you know what? We're not winning, and we're um, not getting in the end zone either right. as much, right? And, and there's that exactly. It, you know, you do bring up a good point. That's all they know, and maybe they do get tired of it after a while. But you know what? They should all. And Brady's been around forever, so his perspective is different. Right. But these younger guys just. Get on your knees and thank your creator that you play for a team that goes to the Super Bowl every yeah. year. Yeah. That is great living in professional sports. All right, one more thing. Leonard Fournette apparently slimmed down in Jacksonville. What do you make of that, if anything? I think he needed to. I yeah. think he needed to. I, it was funny. I was thinking about Fournette this morning because I saw something on Twitter. Somebody was somebody uh, made a comment. They, they showed Casey Hayward and Leonard Fournette, and Fournette was 58 on the players list, and Hayward was 59. And the tweet was, which one would you rather have? And my instant reaction was, I'll take Hayward because he can cover somebody. Wow. And then I got me thinking about Fournette. And, look, Fournette, Fournette's a, Fournette is the proverbial home run hitter. He's going to strike out a lot because he's not a guy that makes people miss. He's just blunt trauma. Mm-hmm. He just runs guys over. But the thing is, is if you if you miss up front and he slips it, He's got four four speed, so he can take one one guy's out of place on the defense. He can take that ninety like he did against Pittsburgh, but he's going to be to me if you are sound on the defensive side of the ball. Leonard Fournette is not going to be able to beat you like other backs in this league can beat you. Mm. But he's just going to take a. We saw that in game one. He just he's just going to pound and pound right. And, pound. and then Bortles has play action. And then Bortles has play action. So to me. Fournette's perfect for the offense, mm-hmm. but he's not the type of running back that you can rely 100% of the offense on. Like, you couldn't have oh, – I don't know. I shouldn't say it that way because the focus is going to be on him. But you can bring a lot of people to the party to stop him. Right. But that does open up things for Blake Bortles, and that's where Bortles, I think, improved last year because he did see some more openings because of Fournette's presence. I just think there are some other running backs in the league that I would want. David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. I think those are guys that I would absolutely take before Leonard Fournette. Fournette's going to be a couple yards here, a few yards there, 95 to the house, mm-hmm. you know, two, three weeks later, whatever the case might be. So he might be bottled up for a while, but if you give him one opening, he's taken off. So I, I'm not surprised at all that he's slimming down. I think he needs to. I think if he wants to have a little wiggle to his game where he can make people miss a little bit more, that's going to help him because – if he runs with that style, he's out of the league in six years. All right, Johnny, thanks a lot for joining us. You got it, Mark. Thank you. That's John Harris. Read his stuff on HoustonTexans.com. You can listen to the show later on iTunes or TuneIn or wherever fine podcasts are available. Thanks so much to Joe Webb for being on the program tonight. Have a great evening, everyone, and go Texans.